1: Today is Wednesday, June 1st, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 463, featuring Heavy.com's Steve Bullpet, is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Another new edition of Celtics Beat. I am back with you after, uh, well, what I feel was a much-deserved vacation. Some of you out there may disagree, but my family was happy that I took it. Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti, and here with us, Steve Bolpette from Heavy.com. Good friend of this program, and of course, he has been on the Celtics Beat and the NBA coverage for years and years, decades and decades. If ever there's someone that knows what it is like to follow this team into the NBA Finals, that's right, the Holy Crap, this team the Celtics were in the NBA Finals edition edition of Celtics Beat here. It is someone like Steve Bulpet. Steve, welcome. Good to see you. Good to see you guys as well. So a uh a, a story that I wish was true. A story that I, I, I would love to really sell. I just I I don't think I could do it justice, but I'll but I'll paint the picture anyway. Back on January 28th, that was my birthday, turned 40, as a matter of fact. The Celtics were 25 and 25. And as my wife brought over a cake and I looked at the cake and the candles and I made a wish, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be nice if the Boston Celtics were in the NBA finals? Wouldn't it be nice if they won a championship banner 18? I wish I would love to tell all of you that that is a reality. It's not, it's not because it would, it would lead me to some superstitious or, or psychological place of attempting to take credit for all of this. Instead, it's just a fluky coincidence. And I'm really excited. Steve, how, how, shocked more than anything else are you that they are here when 50 games into the regular season they did not remotely resemble what we are watching right now
0: well the the part that was frustrating about watching them through those early games was that you knew they were capable of so much more I mean you know you don't get mad at a team that stinks (laughs) you know that's just who they are you know no one no one was you know, throwing up the, their arms in, in disgust at the Detroit Pistons this year, the Sacramento Kings. It's like, okay, this is who they are. No, no big whoop. But the Celtics were utterly frustrating because, you know, they sh- clearly should have been a better defensive team earlier on. And, you know, the, the ISO ball was just – they were killing themselves. And, you know, the, the, the hero ball type of game they were playing is something that's gotten them knocked out of the playoffs – you know, in, in, since 2018. And, you know, here we were seeing it again. And it's like, you know, will these people get it? And that was the frustrating part. So, yeah, you weren't thinking, you weren't thinking this was a finals team then, but you were just thinking they, they,
1: they needed to be a whole lot better than they were, that they were capable of being a whole lot better than they were. Fast forward months, obviously you have the series by series, round-by-round vindication, if you will. You know, the Celtics obviously, uh, I don't know, atoning for past sins, knocking out, almost in succession, the last three teams to oust them from the playoffs. They sweep the Nets and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They rally past the defending champion Bucks, albeit without Chris Middleton, but Giannis Antetokounmpo, defending finals MVP and multiple-time MVP of the league. And most recently... It was an ugly series, but a win is a win is a win. They outlast the Miami Heat, winning three straight games on the road, no less, in that series to improve to seven and two on the road in the playoffs in, in, in a means of getting it done. And now deal with a Warriors team that is in the finals for the sixth time in the last eight years, has 123 games of finals experience, not playoff experience, finals experience on that roster and of course the Celtics team that is here for the first time in a dozen years and has no experience many deep playoff runs to the east finals no championship level experience on this roster how much does that matter going in
0: you know outside of I, I, this is I, I know it's a it's a, a numbers thing and it's easy to look at and and make it something but outside of knowing how to deal with ticket requests or whatever they have to deal with there and just the the uh, the altered media schedule. Like today they had to practice, they have to practice in the same site so that uh, media has access to both teams in a certain period of time. Um, outside of stuff like that, I don't think it matters at all. You get on the basketball court, you're not running down the floor thinking, gosh, I haven't been, wait a minute, this is a gymnasium. This is, that's, <laughs> a, that's a lot. It's, you know, I don't mean to bring up the guy from Hoosiers, but it's like, you know, the basket's 10 feet tall. And yeah. I think it's the same as our gym back in Hickory. Uh, you know, that's nothing. You know, you're in the middle of playing a basketball game. You're too concerned about, you know, holding on to the ball from the guy trying to take it from you. You're too concerned about, you know, finding an open man to, to wonder about uh, playoff experience and, and all that. I mean, this is the first game of the year for the the 102nd mm-hmm. game of the year you know, if you haven't figured it out by now, <laughs> you know, you probably have bigger problems than, you know, than than we're mm-hmm. talking about.
1: Do but, you think there's any sense of, and I, I want to get into this a little bit later in the show, much more in a big picture sense, but just as a little, in, I don't know, a little introduction to this topic, is there any sense of happy to be there that, that, you know, the I, I don't feel like we're hearing any of that from, from the Celtics. If, if nothing else, it's the opposite, you know, uh, getting here, email getting here would be all for naught. If, if, you know, we don't come out with the same intensity and, and win this thing, you know, we, we don't raise Eastern conference champion banners in Boston. We're about bigger things about winning the title, but it's when you got young guys, obviously that haven't been here and that, you know, have have finally reached this stage and overcome some of the things that, that, uh, you know, tough roads and adversity and all of it in the past, there, there could be just a, a, a mental component, an element of, man, we've, we've arrived. We, we, you know, we've gotten here. When in reality, you know, then you've got the like, guys like the Warriors on the other side that, that would say, you know, you haven't arrived, you haven't done anything until you've actually won a ring and you put that banner up. What do you think the, the sort of the, the, the mental side of this is <clears throat> in Boston right now?
0: Well, that's, that's kind of all, all, that's a lot of what I heard from, from uh, Jason Tatum today. You know, I can't believe I got to pinch myself. I'm I'm in the finals. This is what I dreamed of. And it's like, you know, wake up. You're in the finals. (laughs) Now I'm not sure, you know, if he's like talking like that because he's living in the moment of this is media day at the, before the the day, before the start of the NBA finals. Um, But I, you know, I assume he'll get, you know, his head right as he steps on the court. But yeah, I think there is some of that to be concerned about. Um but you know, they're they're gonna get whacked pretty hard by the by the Warriors. That's a team that's gonna make you dizzy with their ball movement. So uh, you know, they'll find out pretty quickly that they're in a fight. Um, but yeah, you know, I I'm hearing some of that, like, you know, we got over the hump. You know, that we you heard a lot of that after game seven in Miami. And and by the way, you know, that should have been a, a quicker series. Yeah. You know, if they'd kept their, their head about them, that would have been a quicker series. So, um, you know, they need to re, you know, need to re up here and say, okay, past is past. Here we are. And if you go home without a championship with this here, when are you going to be back? Are you going to be back? Um, and you, you need to take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you. And I, I'm guessing someone like Al Horford will be talking about that with them pretty sternly uh, before, before the uh, tip-off tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, I wonder if e is going to be a big, a big part in that too. You know, with someone sure. that, um, you know, has accomplished a lot as an assistant coach and has a playing career, like that's the one thing where Brad and him, they can't quite, you know, Brad went to the NCAA championship as a coach, you know, two years in a row, is was an amazing feat. But getting to the NBA Finals is a complete different story. I want to back up and, and just – with Steve's point about, you know, the lack of experience not meaning a lot, I think he's kind of running the money about that. I don't think anybody's really talking about this because I think you see the graphic all over the place that the Warriors have 123 games of final experience, which is I, – I don't think – I think you'd rather have that than not have it. I'm not saying that's not a bad thing. But, like, when you talk about the Super Bowl – Super Bowl is one game where one single play can determine the outcome of the championship trophy, right? Where, you know, if you're a little slow to start, you know, unless you have Tom Brady, you can come back 20 to three, that game's probably over. And if not used to, you know, the wild two weeks of Super Bowl, like it's, it's a little bit different. It's the, the charade is different. Like, yes, there's a lot of media opportunities and stuff like that, but this is a whole series at the end of a series. Usually the best team ends up winning the series. And if Boston were only playing one game, yeah, that finals experience becomes kind of a big deal, but because it's best of seven, right? I I, I don't I am kind of with Steve on this. I don't I don't see it. I mean, it's obviously an advantage, but is it a ginormous advantage? I'm with Steve on this, Adam. I don't think it's that big of a deal.
1: Well, that's that's the other thing I was just gonna say is that if you you play like let's say the series goes seven games and that they, you know, I don't know, Celtics generally speaking stick to their rotation some garbage time minutes, whatever, like by the end of the series, Celtics as a roster are going to have like 60 plus games of NBA finals experience. Like the, you know, the, the graphic is going to change dramatically. So it doesn't, uh, doesn't really matter. right?
0: And it and also, it counts for uh, your experience with the group you're with. Right. You know what I mean? It's, uh, the team that, that went to the conference finals, actually the team that went to the conference finals in 18, um, has three of the same starters now with Al Horford coming back, mm-hmm. and and you had Marcus Smart coming off the bench, so there is some experience here, But you know, uh, Derek White and Rob Williams, who could be a huge factor in this series. You know, it's it's what you have, and every group is different. You know, what I mean, even though it's the players can be largely the same, um, the chemistry, the chemical makeup of your team with a player here or a player there in your the rotation can can change things. Uh, sort of dramatically um, you know uh, so every team is its own entity and um, you know it's, it's what experience you have with this group so this group here now has gotten through three series and they're in the fourth um, so they've got exp- they've got playoff experience they know that the game's are a little bit different but they know that if you if your head is up your posterior hmm. these games can be awfully sim- similar to how things were at certain points earlier in the season. So you, you've got to keep your, your wits about you.
1: Worth mentioning too, just uh, rosters have changed dramatically over the years, obviously on both sides, especially Boston. But one thing because, you know, <clears throat> was, you know, the head coach and now in, in many ways, pardon me, and an architect of of this current team and, and bring in Eimeo Doka and, defense first mentality elite defense all of it stylistically Celtics and Warriors match up very very well the Boston's 9 and 7 against Golden State during the Steve Kerr era which I know doesn't sound overly impressive but it's actually the best record any opponent in the NBA has against the Warriors during that period of time so uh, how do you think these these two teams match up i know you mentioned obviously Rob Williams is you know could be a huge factor in this and we'll get to him and his knee situation but just roster to roster you know, strengths versus weaknesses, weaknesses, how they play. How do you like these two teams going head-to-head here?
0: Well, I'm, I'm guessing you read the story that it was posted on heavy.com today. Naturally. Okay. Uh, and the, the basic point of it is is that the, the the Warriors were concerned about playing the Celtics in 2018. They were very happy when the, when the Celtics really kicked that Game 7 at home away to the Cavaliers and lost that Um, they were concerned about the Celtics ability to switch defensively. They were concerned about the Celtics, big wings. Um, And if anything, the Celtics are even better equipped now to play that kind of switching style. Um, A story I had uh, a little bit earlier in the week um, with talking about the, the moves that Brad Stevens has made and everyone looks at the, the Al Hofer thing and what Al has done. Mm-hmm. And the way he's performed, which he's, he's a good basketball player. People yeah. keep kind of forgetting this. I don't know. And, but a lot of stuff he does doesn't show up in numbers-wise right away. The spacing is defensive position. But one of the most important things you've gotten from Al Horford is the ability to have everybody move over a chair, kind of. And now uh, uh, Jason Tatum, instead of being a, a four, is now a three and probably going to have a size and or, and or strength advantage there. Uh, Jalen Brown goes from being a small forward to a, a to a two guard mm-hmm. and that changes things dramatically. Marcus Smart, who they resisted really giving the point guards role to, but they've given it to him. And now you don't have an opponent being able to hunt a Kemba Walker or even a Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. or a Terry Rozier. So, you know, that has changed things dramatically. And, the, the Warriors, you know, they would have loved to see Miami, I, can, I believe. I can tell you for sure they were they, they were happy to get the Cavaliers in 18 because I've spoken to the coach and I've spoken to players about that, you know, in, in the years since um, and back then actually as well. Um, so, yeah, that's a team that, that can give the Warriors trouble. But the Warriors are going to test that defense because they are the best ball movement team in the NBA. So, you know, um, the Celtics match up well here. Uh, And the Warriors are also a team that can create some havoc defensively. You know, this series will come down to whether the Celtics can keep their wits, you know, and uh, not get flustered as they did a a lot of times during the year. Uh, And certainly in the Miami series at, at times that made it a longer series than it needed to be.
1: Warriors are favored in this series, narrowly, obviously, uh, you know, but just furthering your breakdown here, where do you think the Celtics ultimately have an edge here?
0: Uh, Defensively, I think, you know, they're, look, they're going to be able to defend the Warriors about as well as they can be defended, but the Warriors have the ability to, you know, you can play perfect defense on them, and they can still hit shots that, you know, that brush your eyebrows as they go by. And, you know, they can make shots. And yeah. offense, an offensive player will should always have at least a slight advantage over his defender because he's, he knows where he's going to go before the defensive player knows where the offensive player is going to go. So, uh, you know, if it, it might come down to, you know, who's hitting from the outside? Do the, do the Warriors get hot and hit a bunch of shots? Or do the Celtics run them off their spots well enough that it makes it even more difficult? But, you know, um, you see these grand mood swings in the NBA during the regular season because teams go through hot streaks and cold streaks as a team, kind of team wide at times from this from the three and that the reliance upon a three points, the three point shot has, you know, created these. Um, these mood swings. And I think, you know, that you could see a lot of that in this series. You you know, you you saw the blowouts going either way throughout the, through the playoffs prior to this, and you could see more of it now.
1: Yeah, Yeah. conference finals, especially, it was just both of them, East and West. Neither one was a good series.
2: Yeah. I want Boston's size here. I think Boston, if you're going to talk about, I mean, this impacts, I think, both sides of the ball. I think the fact that they're a little bit bigger, kind of all over the place, is going to be advantageous Mm -hmm. potentially to them. You know, on defense, obviously, as Steve alluded to, you know, you're going to be able to challenge more shots because you're taller and longer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe a little more physical. I, I, you know, I, you know, I think it was somebody, it was Perk or somebody called, was, I think it was Perk because I don't think Cedric would do this. Somebody called the Warriors tuxedo players, which I don't totally buy. Um, Yeah,
1: that was Max, actually.
2: I I don't totally buy that. I'm I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going that far. I think, I think this team has seen a lot and um, has been roughed up. Quite a bit over the years. So I'm not really buying that, but the fact that Boston is a little bit bigger than them could help them in so many different ways. Defensive glass, offensive glass, shooting over guys, challenging shots, um, being able to manipulate that switching defense. They like to use, you know, you can switch Marcus onto X player and you'll feel fine about it because of the way Marcus can defend at a guy his size. Like I do think when you boil it down, you know, defensively versus offensively, this is going to be a juggernaut series. The Warriors offense is you know, been a, a battle-tested juggernaut for a decade, and Boston's defense has done really well over the years, but this year is truly special, which is um, the main attraction. But I think Boston's just overall size, if they can control the tempo with their size, again, clearing the defensive glass, not allowing a ton of offensive rebounds, and trying to get, be advantageous on their own offensive side of the glass is, is going to be big. You know, trying to win on the margins, right? You look at – uh, that Miami series when Boston didn't turn the ball over, guess what they won. They they won, and when they did, they lost. So if Boston can find a way to find those edges on the margins, that's going to be huge because this series, if it all goes to plan and everybody stays healthy, this should be a fairly competitive series. It should be a six or a seven game series, and those that was that's where a six or seven game NBA Finals is lost and won. Um, I. I I, that's one of my biggest things I'm looking for is, can, is does Boston size matter enough? And, and Adam, I don't know what you think about the biggest key to the series, but I think it's Boston size.
0: You know, th- look, there are a number of guys who could be uh, reaches for a cliche, grabs it uh, X factors in the series, um, <laughs> you know, Great Williams, if, if Grant Williams is hitting threes, X factor, if yeah. uh, um, Derek White is, is giving you scoring. Uh, if, if, Brad Stevens loosens up rotation a little bit and gives you more Peyton Pritchard. He could be an X factor um, because he's going to push the, he'll, one of the best things that, that uh, Peyton Pritchard does. And I, I really think, I think the Celtics were lucky in game seven that they didn't need Peyton Pritchard to come in late because he'd been kind of put in the cooler by MA yeah. throughout the course of that game. But what he gives you, whether a shot's going in or not is he pushes pace And this is a team the Celtics need to push pace because they don't want to play against a defense that's loaded up. Um, And uh, the size thing is huge. One guy I think, you know, I think I might have more confidence in Boston in this series if I knew for sure that Rob Williams was going to be healthy and, and what we've seen of Rob Williams during the regular season in the, in this series now, um, his ability to protect the rim and to get out and challenge three point shooters. That's just, you know, uh, that's a gift that, uh, that, that any team would, would love to be able to
2: have. Yeah. The yeah, challenge he, what was it, Gabe Vincent shot on the left side was right. like only he's one of two people in the world that could make that block. Maybe him and Giannis it's, it's a very, very, very short list. Was, and let's say this too.
0: at the other end of the floor, I think, uh, Rob Williams's contributions are underrated because mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Celtics among their problems that they occasionally encounter is driving the lane and not being under perfect control. But if you're a guy that, you know, if you're Jalen or Jason and you drive the lane and of course you're going to see bodies coming at you, you know, that if you look up and among the, the players in the, in the Warriors team photograph that are coming to visit you. If one of them is their big guy, you know, Hey, I can just flip this ball toward the rim and I got a guy that'll clean that up for me. You know, you don't even have to know, you don't have to see Rob Williams, but if their big comes over, toss it up by the rim. If you, if you're going to be, you know, if it's a choice of that or dribbling it off your foot, just toss it up. And Rob's got a, a very good, a better than average shot of, of uh, of taking it and throwing it through, and that's you know uh, that's a lovely bonus to have. So you know you, you mentioned the, the coaching thing, and Brad, I think this is a player driven thing. I think the, the the combination of what they have for talent um, and the fact that these guys um, have realized that that they've they've had it in their hands before to be better than they are, other than they were, um, and they've screwed it up. And I think they've come to this point and realize, okay, this is what we have. And, and you know, I think it's a little bit of maturity that's crept in here that's, uh, that's got, into the, got them to this point without having, you know, without stumbling too much.
1: To your point, I mean, with, and I won't say I feel bad, and we'll get to predictions later and all of that, but I would feel much better if we knew that we had a a reasonably, healthy Rob Williams right now. Nobody's a perfect health. You know, Marcus isn't, you know, (laughs) excuse me. I'm not obviously, uh, Al Horford is, uh, you know, he's they're managing his minutes as best they can, but the guy turns 36 on Friday. Like obviously, you know, he's, he, he, he's, he's got a lot of mileage on there, but with Rob, I mean, 18 playoff games so far, he's played in 11. So he's missed almost half. His minutes are right around 21 on average. You know, he, he really hasn't looked himself since the surgery. There have been flashes, but not in any sort of consistent sense. You know, not not even in a, a single game. You know, if, if you told me we were going to get Rob Williams playing 25, 27 minutes and that he'd be confidently, he'd be able to play back-to-back games, which maybe I feel a little more optimistic about in this series just because the games are uh, more spread out than they were in the Miami series or Milwaukee series, but it's just... I think he is, to, as both of you were saying, he's an enormous X factor in the series just because you don't know. You don't know. And if you don't have him or you don't have the him that you expect to have, you need more from Grant. You know, it, your your rotation tightens, your bench shortens. You know, you, you have so much less flexibility, less size. Uh, the Warriors are a team that, you know, I... I I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't you know, read the numbers earlier today, but the Celtics between these two teams are actually the, the team that is more reliant on the three, whereas the Warriors are a team that attacks much more inside. You know, you need to have Rob in the paint. You need to have him in order to try and slow that down.
0: Yeah, I mean, and look, the Warriors play a, a, an unselfish game that I think is a model for every basketball team from grade school on up. Um, you know, if I'm in May, I'm showing them here. See what these guys do. That's what we want to do. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I, I think that Williams, like we, we look at his numbers. everything's analytics um, and we look at blocks and we look at uh, uh, plays defended. I mean, if, if there's, I think I mentioned this earlier during the season, if the NBA had a category for scares, <laughs> I think Rob would be like high up in that. You know, um, he changes what you do when you turn the corner. You know, and uh, hesitation for an offensive player is that's that's kind of you know not quite as bad as a live ball turnover, but it's it's pretty close.
1: Let's take a uh, quick break. Tell you, bet online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info and odds. Of course, proud partner. Here of CLNS and the Celtics Beat Podcast. You can find all the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Major League Baseball season, uh, odds for the 2022 NFL season. Patriots, if, if you feel like making a wager, plus 4,000 to win it all. But, hey, the Celtics had worse odds than that. Uh, you know, way back when they were the 11th seed in the East, Caesar three and a half point dogs in Game One. We'll get to that. The money line plus 144 on Bet Online NBA <clears throat> Finals MVP Steph Curry is the favorite. No shock there, even though he's never won that award. Minus 115, Tatum is plus 150. Much longer odds after that. Brown, Clay Thompson, plus a thousand apiece. Uh, Al Horford, if you feel real great about uh, his first uh, time on this stage, plus four thousand. Bet online, your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games and poker games. Super easy to get you started. Join today, learn why everyone is saying Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all the popular sports and games. Bet online, where the games start. Uh, let's go back to Jason Tatum. We haven't talked a whole lot about him. And again, you know, obviously his place in. Uh, in the finals MVP conversation. He's fresh off winning the first ever Larry Bird Eastern Conference uh finals MVP trophy. And you know, I am
2: by Cedric Maxwell.
1: <laughs> yeah, presented by Cedric Maxwell, not Larry Bird. Uh Max was as Evan and I have talked about, he was it, electric. <laughs> he was absolutely electric, no doubt about it. Did, did Max did Max
0: want the award to be named after Dirk Nowitzki? <laughs>
2: I uh, was up. on
1: fire. He was oh. killing.
2: He was unbelievable. His energy was off. The yeah. I, thought it
1: was- yeah, I mean, his team just went to the finals. He's basically. excited as he should be uh, with Tatum though. So I have, I, I don't want to turn this into a longer conversation because we've talked about it in past podcasts, but you know, I am not Steve of the, I, I and this is not like a new thing. I've been saying this for, uh, for quite a while. I'm not quite there yet when it comes to, you know, Jason Tatum, Superstar. I feel like obviously he will be. He's on the cusp. I recognize he's an all-star. He's first team all NBA. He just, you know, pardon me, won that trophy we talked about, helped eliminate Durant and Giannis and Butler. You know, he's averaging 27-7 and 6 here in the playoffs. Guy is elite. The the problem, you know, my my hang-up is that there's a there's a a, still a little bit of a lag of of consistency there. You know, for me to, you know, to one, I just I don't think like there are 15 superstars in the NBA. Like it's, it's a small elite group and that group needs to have season long consistency, not just, you know, Jason Tatum so far has given us a half season of otherworldly play, another half season of phenomenal play, but we haven't had a full season. Like people forget earlier this year by his standards, how bad Jason Tatum was shooting the ball. He's turned it around. He's recovered. He's had overall a very good playoff but what i'm what i'm building up to and saying all this is who gives a damn what i say jimmy butler called him a superstar draymond green called him that guy you know you got to have that guy to win a championship are we watching you know the superstar turn right now you know are, are we like are we beginning next season with jason tatum is a superstar or are you already there
0: i think if jason tatum were playing for another club you would call him a superstar I think the fact that you see him every night, you know, you see you'll you notice things that you wouldn't pay atten- as much attention to uh were he playing somewhere else. You'd go, wow, oh, mm-hmm. that guy, you know, you'd you'd love if you could get a guy like that on your team, wow. <laughs>
2: um
0: but I think he made his alteration during this season. I think I tweeted something like that uh, you know, Jason Tatum being able to score a bunch of points in in different ways is a star Jason Tatum uh, finding teammates uh, making opponents play for pay for double teams and things like that uh, that's a superstar and what we leave out of this equation uh, that I think separates him from a lot of other guys in the upper pantheon of NBA players is that Jason Tatum you know is a really good defender Mm-hmm. um and you know that doesn't when you look at a score you you kind of discount that or you don't pay as much as much attention to it as I think you ought to um being that kind of a two-way player I mean um have talked about this a bunch over the years but uh Larry Bird was a really good defender but Larry Bird had life kind of easier easier uh when he when Uh, up and through the point where Kevin McHale played on the broken foot in 87. For example, when the Celtics played the Hawks, uh, Kevin McHale would guard Dominique. Uh, Robert Parrish would guard Kevin Willis. Larry would guard Tree Rollins, who wasn't getting the basketball. So Larry was able to play passing lanes and things like that. The the Bird-Dominique shootout, was in 88 the year after McHale played on the broken foot and was never, could never be the same defensively after that. So, you know, um, yeah, uh, we look at him uh, as Jason Tatum as an offensive player, but think about him defensively and what he did with, with uh, uh, Kevin Durant. And again, it's a lot there's a lot of switching involved and things like that, but uh, Jason Tatum, involved defensively, engaged defensively is, you know, among the the best, you know, handful of two-way players
1: in the game. I will say going back to something you said in that point, the Tatum and this, this really kind of happened mid season. And and obviously since we've seen some great moments with this in the playoffs, Tatum finally showing a willingness to trust his teammates with some elite passing and playmaking has really taken his game to another level. Sure. Way. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, it, it just goes, it goes across, it's, it's a team in context as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this team was playing terrible isolation basketball. I mean, 25 dribbles. And then, you know, then when uh, Jalen Brown got the ball in the next trip, it's like, I ain't giving this thing up. I ain't going right. to see it again. Um, you know, but, See, that's the part that bothered me, because over the past few years, these guys knew that it was not only best for the team to, to give the ball up and move and get it back in a position to finish, but it was better for them individually. And they still didn't do it on a regular basis. That was the frustration. Um, the one thing I'll say for the Celtics is that they haven't leaned on the adage of, um, you know, hey, no one believed in us all you people that doubted us during the year because the way that they were playing earlier in the season, they were doubting themselves.
1: Yeah, it was justified.
0: So, you know, um, people in Boston, people who follow the Celtics have followed them for a long time just by, you know, by seeing regularly over the years, the different versions of the club, they know what good basketball is. They know what good basketball isn't. No Celtic is that's my favorite Celtic trivia question. No Celtic has ever led the league in scoring. But six players who played for the Celtics have led the league in scoring for other teams. But no Celtic has ever led the league in scoring. There's a point to be made there. That's interesting.
2: Great. Yeah, no, and and that is and that is the evolution of Tatum, though. It's the ability, because every... I go back to, that, like, Dwayne Wade saying it, I think maybe a year ago or so, or maybe it was this year. It was, you know, Tatum has... Every shot in the book, he has it down. I mean, whether he makes it or not, it's one thing. But he can pretty much attempt anything he wants out there, and I'm not going to call him too crazy. But it's the ability to make the other guys better around him that was really the kind of the the uh, the final step, so to speak. And the one thing that I think is really interesting, and Steve's kind of sprinkled it in there a little bit, um, is the back the fact that he can get the ball back and then and 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 still do something with it. Right, the mm-hmm. fact that he knows to. When it gets down to the end of the shot clock, you know, Grant Williams is going to sit out there and dance trying to get a three. No, he's probably going get the ball to Jason Tatum as much as a lot of other guys are. And to Tatum's credit, his work off the ball to get it back has been a really nice development too. I mean, that's the biggest thing about Curry. Curry is lethal for a lot of different reasons. But one of the biggest reasons is, is he just never stops moving. He's just always in motion always running through screens, fighting through bodies, trying to find an angle to get a shot because if Steph has any daylight, he will take a shot and he'll probably make the shot. So Tatum's – it's kind of twofold. His ability to give it up, you know, find his teammates on double teams, which has been – you know, that's all Miami did was double Tatum and make him give up to somebody else. Miami was not going to let Tatum beat them really too much in the last couple of games. Tatum's willingness to get off it quick, you hear, you know, Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gunney praise it throughout the entire series – where Tatum, as soon as the double comes, he sees the double and just moves it to the right place. And, it, and, you know, the play kind of, you know, continues. Whether it's Marcus Smart throwing up threes at the end of games or them actually working the ball around is a whole different thing. But then Tatum's relocation skills and trying to find a way to be productive off the ball and find a way to get himself in a better position to help his teammates succeed. So it's 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 a whole combination of things. I think, Adam, you had me fooled. You had me with the... You know, I'm not totally sure if he's a superstar, but he's definitely in the star category. You went on and on and on. I was like, is Adam going to – I don't know if you saw my face. I know it's tough. I didn't know. I, I, my eyes were, like, bulging out of my head. I could not believe what I was <laughs> listening to. Even Nick Wright, who is the most – one of the biggest Celtic haters on the planet, has Jason Tatum and called Superstar. So, Oh, oh yeah. yeah no, I was just he, – bu- He's got to be
1: there. I was building up to Jason Tatum sucks. Yeah. Trade him. He's not any good. Clip. Make sure we is, clip this. Let's put that out on YouTube. Even with what we're talking about
0: and Jason Tatum's improvement, the Celtics still screwed up royally during games. Um, even games that they won, they would go through periods of you know the ball stayed on the on the outside. Look, it's it's harder to to move the ball against the switching defense. Okay, but you still have to put the work in and get the ball moving side to side. Um, three pointers, the best three pointers you get are when you get the ball to the paint first and you throw it out to, to beat a close out or at very least get your shooter squared up and stepping into a shot. And, you know, the subs would go for stretches with, without investigating, without exploring the paint first. And you've got to do that. And, you know, just Jason Tatum just giving the ball up and, and going here, that doesn't do it alone. You've got to get the ball moving side to side. Give the defense the opportunity to, to make a mistake. How many times have you seen a team score and a, a, a score on the Celtics, and you see Celtic players trying to go? Hey, that was you. You were supposed to. What? Well, I. You've got to give the opportunity the opponent the opportunity to screw up. Mm. If you get the, the defense moving. Even if you don't score in that possession, there's a value to that possession because you've made the defense work uh, and your floor balance is better. If you want to criticize Jason Tatum, you know, the thing I would say is when you go to the basket and you think you get fouled, which would be, I think every time he thinks he gets fouled, and then you're complaining about the call and you're not getting back on defense. That's where it's like, dude, that cannot happen in this series because You know, one pebble rolling down the hill with the Golden State Warriors can turn into an avalanche in a heartbeat. So, um, you know, what we're looking at with the Celtics is fundamental stuff. You know, you don't have to make these crazy Pete Maravich passes. Simple hit singles, quick passes, short passes. One of the reasons the Celtics love playing with Rob Williams is the ball doesn't stick in his hands. Mm-hmm. But then you know, you're playing against the Warriors that have the, the shortest time of possession in their hands of any team in the league. So this is your example. And, you know, if they play the simple, smart, fundamental basketball, then like you said, physically, defensively, you know, they're in great shape against this team and it's, they have an opportunity to beat a very good basketball team in the finals, a very good opportunity. And, you know, can you ask for much more
1: than that? Well, as you're saying, and just to add to it, I mean, it, it, we've been talking about it for, for, I guess, at this point, months on this podcast, you know, going through the playoffs. I felt, and I think Evan did too, that the Celtics were, especially with Ben Simmons out, decidedly better than the Nets. I, I was not worried about the Celtics losing to the Nets. I felt with Middleton out, decidedly better than the Bucs. Series that could go either way, but I felt the Celtics had the edge decidedly I I think Miami was the worst of the three in my mind even though that went seven ugly series a, a team that Celtics absolutely should not under any circumstances have lost to fortunately they didn't this would be you know a podcast with a much different tone right now you're going to the finals though this is the first time I don't feel that way I don't feel and that's not to say the Celtics can't win of course they can but I don't feel like they go in with this upper hand or they go in as the decidedly better team so you know as you were just talking about and and I'm sure Ime Odoka is having this conversation with the players get back on defense protect the ball don't bitch at the officials you know all the little things that the Celtics could do and have done to kind of beat themselves in some of the games they've lost along the way they can't afford a moment of that in this series against the Warriors and one of the things I'm going to be looking
0: at is when Steph Curry, when Klay Thompson, uh, even Jordan Poole, when these guys hit shots from, you know, the logo he- being heavily guarded, uh, you know, wearing a Celtic, you know, on them, and they still hit a shot. Look at the Celtic shoulders. Do they do they slump? Because a lot of teams you'll see that they'll, you know, oh. No, it's like you can't – you have to stay the course. You can't, you know, go away from what you're doing. You can't get depressed because this team is going they have the ability to make those shots. You can play perfect defense, and Steph Curry can pull up from the logo, you know, from near midcourt, and you can be guarding him there too, but he may get an inch on you, and that's enough for him to do with his quick release. Um and these are, you know, I'll, I'll throw in this one thing now in case there's anybody young listening to this. <laughs> um, serious, in all seriousness, um, a few years ago, uh, I had to go over to uh, a Warriors practice and do a Steph Curry story. Um, practice finishes, They um, uh, we talked to the coach. Uh, Steph's out after practice, uh, around going around the perimeter, shooting five, 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 and, you know, five spots, five threes at each back and forth around the perimeter, back and forth. So he finishes. Um, we, we have, uh, you know, I, I talked to him for a bit for the interview and, you know, we, uh, we reinforce our Dayton versus Davidson bet $5 standing bet. I told him he's my retirement plan. <laughs> um, but by the way, he's leaving us. Hey, good to talk to you. Nice to see you. Again. And it's like, wait a minute, sir. by the way, how many shots did you get up after practice? You have 250. It's That's like, cool. okay. He didn't forget how to shoot on the flight from D.C. to Boston. This is the greatest shooter that the game has ever known.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: like, when I, you know, talk to any, like, a, a high school team in the area, it's like that. I'll say, can you come by and say, hey, look, this is what he's doing. What do you need to do? You know, when you get free time, when I go back out to Dayton and teach for a week every year, if I talk to the team at all, so tell these guys, look, you know, when you get free time here, you know, you got your books, whatever. Get your shots up every day. Find time to get your shots up. So my point is that these guys aren't just, you know, you can see Steph and the, you know, he's, he's doing the, I'm putting to sleep thing and he's doing these, the, the wiggle dance and all this here. This guy has put in the work to be this. And, you know, so don't ever think that these guys are just playing off off pure uh, talent. This is hard work that these guys have put into to get to be to get to hit a shot from the, the half court logo and have it not be a big deal
1: the uh many would say and i would agree that we haven't talked enough about uh Ime Odoka, and you know I, I do think there are a lot of great articles have been written about him it, the guy pardon me is uh he's certainly getting his due and he should be after so many questioned him you know early in the season and and, uh, you know, his his first experience as a head coach in the NBA, you know, overall, and obviously finished, what, fourth, sixth, something like that, and the coach of the year voting. He had uh, an, an exceptional year, you know, by the time it the regular season ended and the playoffs have been terrific. He's won multiple game sevens. Here he is in the finals, you know, learned under Greg Popovich, obviously a guy that uh, has, you know, uh, more than his fair share of, uh, of of championship and championship level experience as well, uh, to so a good guy to learn at the feet of what is the the X factor if you could you know it, I don't know pinpoint something Evan kind of alluded to this earlier just the fact that he's been there you know he's he's a former player he's he's well traveled he's he was a, a journeyman he had worlds of of different experience that he can relate to the guys in ways that Brad Stevens never could. Brad, you know, he, he got this team to the East yeah. Finals, what, three times? You know, it, it, it's and, and worse teams at that in, in many cases. But Ime has them here. He has them here now in, in the NBA Finals, four wins away from a championship. What is that, that thing that Ime that has that, uh, you know, has, has helped them get here? I think
0: he's got guys, players who are
1: more mature than they were in the past.
0: That have, uh, that have screwed up in the past, and maybe now they're ready to, to, to listen and win. As far as, you know, moving the ball and things like that,
1: <laughs> excuse me. Uh, kind of, Contagious through here, the right? Zoom is what it is. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: it's... Um, you right here. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is actually better than the last oh, uh, right week the- and a half or so. Um, yeah. So uh, you, you've had this, these guys knew what to do, And knew that it was the best for them and still wouldn't do it. And Brad was putting them in positions to to succeed in all these things. You don't think Brad was telling them to move the basketball? (laughs) I mean, so, and they wouldn't do it, you know. And and a lot of times it wasn't because the players were being jerks. It was like, okay, late in the game, I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to go make us a play. Well, that's very gallant of you. But, you know, and maybe you'll make the shot sometimes. But you've just taken your team out of its offense. You know, and so, you know, I I think getting these guys at this point and having actually having them screw up early in the year made it even more likely that, you know, they could see the bottom and say, okay, this needs to be turned around. Um, So I think that's benefited EMA tremendously. Uh, You know, as far as players relating, teams win when players play for each other. Okay. Um, Everyone talks about Pat Riley, this great coach. We used to go into practices in the NBA and and watch them from the start. I remember sitting in the forum watching the Lakers practice under Pat Riley, and he goes, Okay, let's go on to the next thing. And Magic Johnson says, No, no, guys, let's run that one again. Okay. If you're the coach, life is good. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, So when teams take ownership and police themselves and do all those things, yeah, a coach can put you, can, Uh, say, okay, look, here's what we're going to do here and there. This is how we're going to attack the zone. And I don't think anyone would, would argue that Brad Stevens isn't very good at all those things. And Ma is is good as well. Um, but, you know, it's the, the situation. You know, I, I think Ma's done fantastic in terms of where he was earlier in the year to where he is now. If you guys could have heard the conversations I had with NBA people, coaches, Uh, front office people, players, even earlier in the year, they were killing him. I mean, just torturing him. I can't, you know, and it's like, you know, you got to wait it out and see what happens, you know? Um, So I think it done a fantastic job. Uh, I, but I think it's, it always comes down to me for me, it always comes down to the players, you know, are you taking ownership? Are you doing, you know, what's right. And these guys know what's right. Um, so yeah, I, I think, look, and is are there blind spots. Sure. You know, like we, we mentioned if, uh, if they had needed Peyton Pritchard late in the game in game seven against the heat, would he have been in rhythm? You know, would he have mm-hmm. had enough touches? You've got to, you know, you've got to nurture your shooters. Um, I think I happen to think that Aaron Neesmith's a really good basketball player. And I wonder if they're going to be able to retrieve him or not, you know, if they're going to be able to get him and, you know, have the coach be confident enough to say, look, you know, we're going to make sure you get your minutes and touches during these games, uh, the pre the regular season games, so that you're ready, so that you're a viable option for us uh, late in the year in the playoffs. Uh, certainly Miami has done that with its shooters over the years, you know, and, um, Duncan Robinson came out of nowhere and was a very important player for them for, for a few years here. Uh, He gave way to Max Struess, who was a guy that kicked around, but certain coaches, you know, if you get, you got to commit to shooters, you got to commit to getting them their touches. So, you know, are we going to see Peyton Pritchard be even better for this team next year? Are you going to see Aaron Neesmith become part of the rotation or are you going to see Aaron e. Smith in a year or two, come back to haunt the Celtics' plane for someone
1: else? Yeah, yeah. entirely possible. Yeah.
2: like Max Struce had big shots. And just just going to say, I expect. I mean, don't I'm thinking big, about that. He, he just, I give him a time. Man, it was it was impressive because he would be cold as cold as ice and it would hit like two or three in a row that were huge. You're like, where the hell was this been? But, you know, to watch him and Javante, you know, do well on other teams, I also take a lot of pride in that too. So. Uh, The hardest transition
0: for a player coming from college is in college, any guy that gets the NBA pretty much in college, he could shoot when he wanted to, the ball would be in his hands whenever he so desired for the most part. Uh, Coming to the NBA where, you're maybe the third or fourth option, which maybe you don't see the ball for a few possessions. That's another reason why ball movement and, and getting the ball moved around is so important because, you know, it's, I think, unfair to expect uh, as happened with, with, with Ojale, um, that he hadn't touched the ball for five possessions And he's standing in the corner where he's supposed to also the ball comes to him. And now you haven't shot in a week and a half. And Can you you please make this shot now? (laughs) That's kind of unfair to ask. And, you know, but with the ball moving more now, you see a guy like Grant Williams, excuse me, essentially in the same role, Mm -hmm. but being much more effective.
1: Yeah,
2: Just more touches. Maybe, what, 23s in game seven? Yeah. yeah, he had a lot. I, th- I <laughs> think, I think he, <laughs> he got him up. He's still shooting. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I only have a couple short, things short left. And, uh, then, then you know, we'll let Steve get back to his night, and let people listening get back to their their lives. Pardon me, but uh,
0: we'll get back to our lozenges.
1: Yeah, oh, not soon enough. Let me tell you. Uh, so I I preface this point by saying this. I'm there. There were so many people. So many people, we've all seen them in our Twitter mentions or articles that were even written that were lining up ready to proclaim a loss to the Heat, a series loss to the Heat as one of the most devastating playoff exits in Boston sports history. Had the Celtics lost that series, I don't even know what this offseason would have sounded like. People would have reverted back probably to, you got to get rid of one of the Jays. This just can't work. Who knows what it would have done to their confidence, blah, 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 blah. I'm thrilled that no matter which way the series goes, I I am choosing to believe that this will not be an off-season where people are proclaiming the Celtics season a failure, which is the first time that that has happened in a long, long time, quite frankly. You know, there's always been some sort of hang-up about, you know, what could have been or had they stayed healthy or what if, you know, they didn't have the the COVID injuries or the late season injuries or or, or absences or injuries or whatever else. So there's that. I'm, I'm happy that this off season should have a generally nice tone about it after the Celtics have reached this point makes it sound like I'm just happy to be here, but with the finals, and I'm confident in saying this because it's already started. If the Celtics win this series, Steve, it's going to be, there, there are going to be articles written. Are they the Warriors? You know, is this the beginning of a dynasty? You know, the Warriors players have already been asked about it. You know, they were about the same ages in 2015 when they got there and, and won for the first time. Is, you know, is this going to be Tatum Brown, William Smart, and so on? Is this going to be the start of, of getting there multiple years running? And the powerhouse in the East is. Is, is is the East Boston's to lose or are they going to get there six out of eight years? Are these guys getting, you know, pardon me, multiple titles, all of that. That's if they win. If they lose, it's going to be, are the Celtics, the thunder with Durant and Harden and Westbrook. And we all think they're going to get there again and they never will. And, and this, this was the, the team that almost was, but never was this This is what the narrative is going to be, depending on the outcome of this series, because again, some of this has already begun or begun how you know how do you view this in a in a larger scale this series as to what you know what's to come after
0: I think the songs need to be competitive. I think if they play to their max, they'll be more than competitive in this series, but they you know if they get washed out here then, you know, it's going to be the, – the abuse will flow. I'll tell you a quick thing. Before Game 7 in 2010 against the Lakers, it's a few hours before game time, uh, I see Ainge sitting courtside at the, at the Staples Center. So, you know, on the off chance that, uh, you know, someone important will call him and I can see what it – I sit down and we just start
2: talking.
0: Mm. He said, you know what's funny? He goes – We're a few hours before tip-off here. Tonight, one of these teams is going to win. One of these teams is going to lose. The team that that wins this game tonight is going to have it all figured out, and they're going to be the model that other teams need to follow. Mm -hmm. And the team that loses, they're going to rethink everything, and do they bring back their same team and, you know, back to the drawing board for that team? Do they break up? What do they do? He goes, and it's going to be that much of a difference between who wins and who loses. He goes, and we're sitting here right now next to this basketball court. And we don't know which team is which right now. Hmm.
2: That's Right. So that's, you know,
0: does fun. that not say at all? Yeah. And, and then you had the game where the Celtics are up by a bunch and, you know, uh, they, they don't post up, you know, the KG votes and go, it doesn't go inside. They, you know, uh, they, they start missing uh, long shots. The, the Lakers are going back the other direction on, on fast breaks. And, you know, I, I remember also that night, you remember Kobe did not have a good game at all. It was meta world peace that, you know, kind of broke your back, right? And uh, – uh,
2: Powell was good in that game. Wasn't Powell good in that game?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, But be, it was, you know, you had meta, you know, from the – you know, coming from the drive-up window of the, uh, um, you know – get your mind right uh, thing. I'm sure they got those all around Southern California. Yeah, um, but, I, but after that game, uh, a close friend of mine since passed away, uh, rest his soul, Frank Hamblin, was an assistant coach for the Lakers. And I knew he wasn't going to hang out at the, uh, the uh, victory party long. And I was staying in, the, in Marina del Rey, and there was a dive bar in Playa del Rey. And that's where Frank would hang out and uh, – um, I remember saying, no, I'm going to drive there. And I drive there and Frank's there with his beer saying, yeah, we were wondering who's going to screw up that game first. He goes, lucky your guys won, you know, won that battle. Hmm. And, you know, but on such small things, uh, things turn, you know, and uh, the Lakers were celebrated. And if the Celtics had won that, right, if they win in '08, they don't win in 2009, Garnett is hurt. So that it kind of ends there. But if they'd have won in 2008 and 2010, we'd be looking at that team a lot differently than we do now. Mm -hmm. You know, they got one title out of them, and then things kind of dissolve later on. Um, And then they make the the big move in 2013, and they get back to the finals. You know, um, and they they rebuilt their team kind of on the fly. And as much as you, you can be – I'm just even thinking about earlier we were talking about how the Celtics were so frustrating to watch earlier this season. Think of how many franchises – we talked about their futility, getting to the conference finals and not getting over that and making it to the finals. Think of how many franchises would love to, to, to have that mistake, to have that – to get to that point and fail at least at that level. You know, I'm not saying that's, that it should make you any happier necessarily because you're supposed to do that when you get high draft picks. But think of the, the Sacramento Kings and these teams that have had high draft picks for years. And just if you're a fan of the Celtics, you've had meaningful basketball to watch, you know. And, it, and you went from the, the trade in 2013 and you got back pretty quickly. You know, it took some good fortune. Isaiah Thomas, he kind of helped rebuild you on the fly. You know, so it's it's just weird how things work out, and you know things are tenuous, things are fragile.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today. If you if you think about this past series, I was listening to the uh, uh, latest Simmons pod. while I was walking my dog, and he was talking about how, you know, maybe they people overreacted at the end of that game because a lot of the noise coming out of Game Seven against Miami was like, "Wow, the Celtics almost blew this one." Um. You know Miami was so close, whatever, whatever. And I and I took that line, and as they were rambling on in the background, I was thinking about how if Jimmy Butler's shot goes in, how we're having the discussion about oh they gotta they gotta really fix this team differently. They had this this can't be the same team. They can't bring this back. But yet, here we are in the NBA Finals, and if Boston you know was competitive in this series, you're not going to really do a whole lot. And and what one shot can do. Mm-hmm. The future of your franchise um you know steve as as you were talking there talking about how teams would be happy to get back to the, the the eastern conference finals and be there all i could think about was the atlanta hawks who did that and then all of a sudden this year they were a nightmare and got you know they got to the playoffs yeah but not how they wanted to and they faced the heat and they get slaughtered and then their season's over so you know it's it it's it's it, I, my my point being a few things: a, it is hard to get to the Eastern Conference Finals; b, it's even harder to get to the finals; and c, being a GM must be extremely difficult because a lot of what your future decisions are are based on like razor thin margins sometimes, or you know uh, a ball bouncing a certain way, you know uh, you know a, a Kawhi Leonard shot bouncing on the rim and going in. Well, there goes. There goes there goes a whole storyline that you could have written for some other team. It's 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 sports is tough and understanding
1: the sneaker tough. being on the line.
2: Exactly, there's so many things that you know, so many small things that that, that make big impacts on future decisions. And it's Gordon Hayward
0: getting injured,
2: you know, been injured up in
0: his first game.
1: Yeah, under, I
0: mean, for all Kyrie's weirdness. God, tremendous basketball player. Mm-hmm. You know, if that group had, had stayed together. But then again, you know, do you have Jason Tatum as you know him now Right. if Gordon Hayward doesn't have that injury? Mm-hmm. You know, the Celtics knew, Gordon, knew that Jason Tatum was good. I don't think they knew he was going to be that good that soon. But getting those reps, you know, uh, brought him along faster, you know. And, uh, hey, Celtics could have won in the bubble – uh, but Hayward injured again, but he, and he was not really the same. And mm-hmm. here he is in uh, when he was able to play in Charlotte, they were a different team, but, you know, and the fear is like, I said, a guy gets an injury that uh, doesn't necessarily knock him out, but, but doesn't allow him to be the player that you're paying him to be. And, you know, that's the the fear. A lot of teams have when they give out these, these big contracts. Um, you know, the, if, uh, James Harden gets an extension. Um, He's going to be able to play, but is he going to be able to in a year or two, is he going to be the player that you're paying him to be? You know, and there's a finite amount of money, essentially, I guess. you You can be a taxpayer and go way over, but, you know, there's at least some drag on salary. But if you pay a guy, if you go and say, look, this is what we need to pay to keep him, and you make a mistake in that regard, you know, it's hard. And it's really hard for, like, the small market teams is even harder on them to overcome their mistakes. financially.
1: Well, as, uh, as is typical, Steve, far too generous with his time. So let's wrap here. Let's, uh, go around <clears throat> predictions for the NBA finals. Steve, you're the guest. What do you expect? Um,
0: well, the only way I ever these things is to say if, if each team plays to its max Yep. and I honestly believe if, if, if both teams play to their maximum ability, I think Boston can win this series because, it, you know, that re- would require them not turning the ball over. That would require them moving on offense. Uh, but I think their defense is going to be good enough to, to throw a wrinkle into the, into the Warriors.
2: Ev, what do you got? Uh, You know, um I, Steve's point of if te- both teams play their max uh, is a good one because you know
1: we haven't seen know, that I've from the Celtics different. in a while.
2: Um, I just I, I don't know, I, I this can go this series can go a million different ways. Um, injuries are going to play a huge factor in that, so it's impossible to really kind of you know forecast that. But um, my you know if I had to make a prediction, I I think look I, I think Grandy's had the stat and he's had it all well. He's been chirping it quite loudly lately, but he's been keeping track of this all season. This is one of the best road teams in NBA history. I mean, I think they're what the fourth best NBA road team in the history in terms of uh you know, differential, which is mm-hmm. sneeze at. Um so I seven will say that in the Boston, playoffs now. Will win, Boston will win the will win game seven on the road and they will win the NBA title. I think Bye. it's just somewhat somewhat poetic in a way. Um it's been fun regardless, but I, I do think this is a very special team. This defense, Adam, I don't know if you remember, I've been talking about this defense for a long time because mm-hmm. I just, when you hold opponents to the, the, the 04 Pistons field goal percentage, I'm going to take notice of that. And I know they were blowing teams out, um, but their defense was like otherworldly good. Um, you know, I, I think they'll hang their hat on that. You know, Golden State will get a couple on the road as well because for some reason, Boston has a hard time. Um, beating teams on their own floor, but away from the garden, it seems to work. So I will take Boston in seven. I think they will win the NBA title.
1: Well, look, we've been talking about this defense since the off season. Just based on the additions and and the the way Brad Stevens has you know won and hiring may a defensive minded coach, but then just the 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 roster changes that have uh, further shaped it along the year. And I think they've exceeded most people's expectations. So uh, I, I will I will hedge like anyone. Uh, is capable of hedging and I will say only this only you
2: could hedge like this Adam only I know.
1: <laughs> so if, if I'm if I am if I am bet if 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 I am telling you what my heart says, I am I am going Celtics in seven and <clears throat> Marcus Smart game winning three to win the thing. Sure. But if I'm if i if I'm with our friends bet online actually placing money on this warriors in six. Okay.
0: If but we're I'm, getting cash money, you can't bet against. Uh, it'd be hard to bet against the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. But let's be fair to to ourselves and to everybody that has to make a pick here. Um, anyone that tells you that they know what's going to happen in these games <laughs> yeah. from from night to night is, uh, you know, is put trying to put one over on you. Yeah. It's uh, and especially look in media, it's it's what's required of the job, right? Remember Rick Fox was doing some uh, TV a, a, a few years ago, and um, we were at an All Star game somewhere, and he was about to go on the air, and it was I forget I even forget what the issue was, and I go, where do you come down on this? He goes, I haven't quite decided it. He goes, but when I do decide, I'm, I'll say it with conviction, <laughs> you know, yeah, because that's the job. But yeah. there's, I'll tell you this here, and. Uh, when you're trying to figure out what's going to happen, especially if you're going to make a bet, if you realize the closer you are to the game, the more, you know, actually, the more you're inside and are able to talk to players and see players just in their quiet time prior to a game or, or whatever, the more you realize how many different factors can impact upon the outcome. Mm -hmm. And Uh, There have been some wild stories over the year, particularly with regular season games, of strange things that have happened on road trips with teams um, that we probably can't discuss right now. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, uh, there are so many things that can impact upon you. So, you know, uh, if you're going to be betting, I'd say, you know, pick your favorite team, uh, the team you're going to root for, throw a couple of Bob down and, and, and go with that and enjoy yourself if you, you know, if that helps your enjoyment, but to think that you're able to figure this out
2: no.
0: uh, definitively, you know, basically you're, you're trying to figure out whether the Celtics will, you know, hit the open man or, or, you know, dribble the ball off their foot with a minute to go in a game. And you just don't know.
1: Well, like I said, off the top of the show, we always have basketball in June, but for the first time in a while, we have basketball in June. I'm thrilled for a couple more weeks of this, and uh, more great content coming up on CLNS throughout. Obviously, the finals and great coverage on site as well. This show is uh, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to oh,
2: BetOnline.ag.
1: <laughs> use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. This, is, honestly, for anyone watching the videos, like this is where I'm going next. This is the next thing that I'm doing. And uh, I'm holding I, up. I never travel up. without,
0: without cold ease lozenges.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm saying, man, you know what? I don't care how any of us sounds. I just care if the Celtics are healthy. Yeah. And, you know so as long as they're feeling good, I'm, I'm great. So you've got no sympathy at all for my knee issues. <laughs> what a great way to treat
0: your guests. <laughs> it's
1: unbelievable.
2: How do we get away well, the last with Last
1: time on, the, on, on CLNS, uh, Celtics beat Steve Bolpet. He's never coming back. We have no respect it. for his name. <laughs> for M. Valenti, for Steve, I'm Adam Kaufman. We'll talk to you again soon. Go Celts. Take one out of two in the Bay. It's all you need to do. See you later.